0: Coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Kapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee you to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I've uh, been doing some thinking. Um, Ooh. <laughs> well, I appreciate your vote of confidence, no, there, Michael. <laughs> no, no. I, I
1: get scared when you start thinking, man. We, that means we're off on a wild goose chase. Hold
0: on a second. means money, but uh, so scary. I, you know, there's, now that we have a decent amount of people following our, our podcast, I really think uh, I'd like to invite some topics that uh, people may or may not be struggling with. So I think, uh, I think I'd think i like to reach out to all you listeners and, and just say my email is dave at EBIT.GrowthSystems. Um, you look at com and connect us. And then you can also reach out to Mike at uh, mike at com and email us a topic if there's something you want us to cover. All right?
1: Yeah, that's a good good point, Dave, because we love to research this stuff.
0: Yeah, Mike, I I think uh, it's a good idea to take these guys' input back and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this, and uh, I'd like to see what your guys' thoughts are. You know, what do you think?
1: Yeah, like I said, we we love to research these items, and uh, it's sort of like in a classroom... There's no bad question, right, if you ask a question. Probably someone else in the room wanted to know right. the answer to that same question. So if you have an issue or a question or a challenge, uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to research it because uh, I suspect there are other people in the listening audience that are having some of the same challenges, and let us let us go run it around ground and, and then share our, our thoughts and opinions on it.
0: Yeah, I like it. Well, today uh, we're speaking something near and dear to my heart. Um, it's our view on scheduling. It's I've uh, noticed in service companies and in manufacturing companies, scheduling is uh, it's like the magic sauce for some reason, and only a few people have it right.
1: It is it, if you have a trade, scheduling is an issue, right? And and I had a I have a buddy uh, who's in DC and has a window washing company. He does skyscrapers there in the DC area, and uh, couldn't pay me enough, man. I got to tell you, his secret sauce is twofold. One, he has a uh, a workforce that is uh, fearless, South, uh, South American, fearless. Yep. They they fearless. like they like to hang off a cliffs. Yep. Yep. yep, And they <laughs> uh, and they self um, <laughs> monitor one another. Uh-huh. And so if they need another person, they can get another person. And if you're not a good job doing a good job, they let you go. Mm-hmm. So they're Salvadorian. So we've got a Salvadorian workforce that is just killer. And, and, and as you can well imagine, Dave, you're not turning over your workforce, the, the, the amount of money you save is just I,
0: tremendous. All I have is all these jokes about turning over workforce and yeah. just watching the skyscrapers. Yeah. So yeah. none so, of them appropriate for a yeah. podcast, but uh, so anybody a, who has a dark sense of humor knows where I'm going with that. <laughs> well, yeah, so
1: he's got a Salvadorian workforce that never turns over, and he's got the secret sauce
0: as it relates to scheduling. So, I mean, it, it's like you said. If you understand it, I mean, it, there's, there's a way to do it. If, but if you have no schedule in place, um, well, you've seen this enough. What do, you, what do you have? If you have no schedule, what do you have?
1: If you have no schedule, it's been my observation in my travels with Dave to machine shops and um, HVAC and construction all over the country. There is a hero whose job it
0: is to try to keep the train on the track and that's the only way they get to about 50 to 60% on time Mm -hmm. it's there's a hero and or you have a hero in a spreadsheet and and somebody's doing some calculations that can run a small vehicle in Mm -hmm. Excel and they're getting you to like 70% on time delivery but if that person's sick or if that person wins a lottery and leaves your business you are screwed Sure, sure. And so every every system that doesn't have something, a formal scheduling process, let me tell you, it is it is a mess. Now, I'm going to back up a little bit because I think step two is you need a need one thing in step one, there's four really is you need a system. So if you don't have ERP, sometimes Excel can function as a schedule. A lot of people don't want to hear that, but if you have somebody very good, and you can build a process to where all you do is drop in a job, drop in a due date, drop in the amount of time that it takes on every in every operation, and it automatically factors queue time and spits it out and tells you what priority and, and it and it automatically calculates and knows where to drop it, you can do that in Excel. But you need a wizard to program. Some kind of system in Excel. In in essence, you're making your own ERP. Yes, yeah, a Visual Basic. Uh, but but program. you're but you're actually driving that through Excel. That is possible.
1: The problem is that the guys on the floor aren't going to get any access to that. So you have, you know, someone at the
0: You'll, it'll, it'll all be driven. It'll all be driven from the front side of the business yeah. and then printed out. Yeah. So and that's okay. Sure, for sure. I mean, I think
1: for a smaller operation.
0: You know, it's, it's uh, I saw a $40 million operation operate that way but they had somebody on the back end they had a team of people that operated in, in programming so tell me this
1: Dave I'm going to talk like I know what I'm saying um, if your business is a production business that probably could work right I mean mm-hmm. $40 million tells me that you're doing production mm-hmm. um, if you're doing a lot of prototyping in a small batch it gets be a bit more challenging or no? Uh, It's less
0: lines. Less lines. But you just, you got to know your queue times. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, you build in queue times. You build in slack in between your operations. uh, Because if you don't, Murphy will show up and your schedule won't be any good. And then one oops, and your entire schedule falls apart. So you have to build in slack. Okay, It has to, your schedule has to breathe on both ends, whether it's in construction, HVAC, plumbing, in production, manufacturing. Your schedule has to breathe, and it breathes by how much distance you put between job A, B, and C. You have to put distance to allow that schedule to breathe. That's that's one of the first things, and and then and of course the next thing is ERP.
1: Yeah, and you know I was listening to people, and uh, and you know them saying, hey, you know uh, there is no good scheduling solution. And ERP solutions, like there's some pretty good ERP solutions, but none of them
0: have good scheduling. I, I'm gonna offend people when I call bullshit on that. Am I allowed to say bullshit on on the air? Mm-hmm. I think it's our it's our <laughs> podcast, so I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So it's and they're like, what? Why would you do that? You don't know what's going on. I know Epicor. I know Visual. I know Estatrac, Job Boss, E2. I, I could go on name them, and you know what? Everybody always says, well. You have to have the data right the data has to be just right for the schedule to work okay so do the job right and put the data in correctly work with e2 job boss s to track epicore visual whoever you have work with them to understand how to build in queue times how to build in slack and develop your schedule i mean it can be done i've seen it done on multiple levels i'm actually I'm working with a client now that has uh, probably the weakest ERP system I've ever seen, Um, and we're effectively scheduling through that software.
1: Well, I think the key there is uh, for decades, those folks had no confidence in the schedule. And as a result, they had a total disregard for the schedule. So the schedule said one thing, and what was done on a day-to-day basis on the floor was something entirely different.
0: Well, if you're sitting in your chair, your truck, or your car... You're probably not listening on your motorcycle, but if you are, I really want to know about your helmet. Um, Please pay attention as you drive. Uh, You're thinking, you know, I got a guy and he massages it and all this other stuff. And I got my stuff together pretty well. If you're exporting your, your ERP solution to Excel and modifying it, you don't have it all together. Just stop there. You need to execute through your ERP to say, oh, I got 7,000 parts of my ERP system. Go through, fix your standards and plan and use your ERP. And when you have something you have to adjust, adjust it in your ERP and create, create more health in your ERP. Sure. If you just need it for informational purpose need to export to Excel, that's fine. But guys, you got to lean into your ERP solution.
1: It has to be the system of
0: record for the scheduling. It has to be. I mean, uh, we love ProShop. Uh, we fly the Pro Shop flag all the time, and, uh, and they're a company that if you reach out to Paul and his team and say, hey, I'm um, struggling here or there, they have people on standby that say, okay, this is how you do this, this is how you do that. And if it's something that makes it better, and a lot of people ask for it, it makes sense. They make a mod yeah. to their software. Yeah. But you're a software guy, so it's not crazy. Scheduling system has to live, has to live and breathe, but uh, you got to have a system. You got to use a system. And it's kind of like uh, you're not half pregnant. It's yeah, like you're yeah. in, you're in, or you're out sure, uh, when sure. it when it comes to when it comes to scheduling an ERP. If you do it halfway, you're destined for failure. Better, you're better off not to do it than do it halfway.
1: Sure, and it's going to require change. It means yep. you're going to have to adjust some of your processes to fit the ERP system. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's just not doable. And then to your point, you reach out to the manufacturer and go, Hey, can you put this change on the uh, on the development track for the software, but yep.
0: yeah, and yeah. and it might mean you have to invest in taking one of your key people that enter ERP and run the scheduling solution, send them to a week long training at the at the ERP's site, and make sure if you have to do without them, you have to do without them for a week or him or her and get them fully educated to where they know how to use a system. And if that costs you money. It costs you money, but you're going to have a good schedule. Invest in it. Invest in the people, and they'll be able to drive it. I, I really believe that you need a good scheduling system. And second thing is you really need to be tied to operations, don't you, Mike?
1: Well, for sure. I mean,
0: when we talk about uh,
1: driving profit to the bottom line, it usually starts at gross margin, and uh, you get to gross margin through your people, that's right operating efficiently and uh it's the schedule that makes your people operate efficiently Mm -hmm. so if you want ultimately to drive profit profitability to the bottom line
0: it's got to start with your schedule absolutely and uh, scheduling cannot happen in a vacuum i mean you can't just put a scheduler in an office and say schedule's happening it just can't happen that way if your scheduler isn't linked at the hip um, with whoever's driving operations, whether it be vans on the road or whether it be people at a job site or whether it be production manufacturing. If your operations manager and your scheduler aren't talking all the time, sometimes they're one and the same, especially in, uh, in the trades, uh, being the HVAC, plumbing, construction. Sometimes those guys are the same person. But when it comes to production manufacturing, you have an operations guy and you have a scheduler and those guys should walk around tied at the hip at the beginning, at the end of every shift, sometime midway through the shift. I would, I would encourage all schedulers to get up out of your out of your uh, chair, go out on the floor, beginning of the day, check what happened in the shift before that. Midday, just trying to walk around with your schedule, check the health of your schedule, check the accuracy of your schedule. Take a sampling, take three or four jobs in a shop and take a sampling that's supposed to have five parts done or five parts done here, supposed to have 200 parts or 200 parts done here. And uh, to kind of do a sanity check, if you will, and at the end of the day walk around with the production manager, you know, before the shift change or whatever, and and have a, have a discussion. And if you see something midday, you can address it midday and say, Hey, this is this is running ahead or behind schedule. What's going on here? We need extra earned hours. Blah blah blah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the relationship between a scheduler and operations uh, manager is key to on-time delivery. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now Dave, one of my favorite uh, lean best practices is plan, do, check, act. Where does uh, Where does schedule?
0: Well, on, uh, I think uh, I think that's the last step. I think I'd like to talk about that net after after this next point. Okay. I, I think PDCA is very very key, but I think uh, I think we got to talk about execution before we talk about PDCA. Okay. I, I think PDCA is everything. Um, but execution needs to be relentless on a schedule.
1: Yeah, I mean, execution needs to be relentless. For For us at EGS, you can't execute unless you have a plan. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just doing stuff, right? So, so when we talk about flawless execution, relentless execution, what are you executing? The plan. And the schedule is the plan, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the data. You have to be flaw. You have to be relentless about your data being accurate, and you have to be relentless about your follow through and accountability. You have to follow through with whoever's driving production. You have to follow through with your guys on the road, and you have to follow through with your guys on the site and make sure. Hey, we're supposed to. This is supposed to be a three day job. Is it taking one day? Sure, sure. It's supposed to be a five minute cycle time. Is it a five minute cycle time? It's supposed to get twenty parts an hour. We getting twenty parts an hour? Um, where are we at? And if you won't follow through. Uh, that All that means is nobody's accountable. If nobody's accountable, the job's just going to get done whenever it feels like getting done. But you have to drive your business, and you drive your business through a good schedule.
1: Well, in the same way, you have to let your folks know what good is, too, right? I mean, I mean, if your folks don't know that they need to do five parts in an hour, you know, they might think good three parts
0: is pretty good. Yeah, in manufacturing, I've actually seen routers. That uh, that don't have any of that communication, so people have no idea. So why should they care? There's and they don't they don't have clear and unambiguous expectations. Sure, so sure, sure. So I think uh, one of the things on the traveler router, whatever you want to call them, that go around the shop floor, um, you have to have how many pieces an hour are expected. You have to have, and I'm a big proponent of start dates. Yes, I mean we're going to talk about PDCA in a second, but you have to know when you're supposed to start a job, not when you're supposed to finish a job. Because if you only cast out what's when you're going to finish a job, that job might take five or six or seven steps to get finished.
1: So each operation should have a start and end, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, every construction has a rough end. It has an install and has a finish. Uh, every, every construction job goes through kind of that same process and you have a, every production job has a, maybe, well, they have a manufacturing, they have material come in, material gets cut, or castings come in, castings get inspected, they go to the machine, gets the machine, it goes through some kind of inspection, and then it might go through some kind of coating, some kind of heat treating, um, and then it goes through another inspection, incoming, uh, incoming inspection, outgoing inspection, uh, because I mean, when you're taking parts, especially in the human body, or go on an aircraft, or go on a space shuttle, or or go in a, a locomotive, or go on a car, it's got to be a good part because human lives are at stake, right? So there's lots of inspections peppered out, peppered throughout, so you have all these steps. You need to know when you're supposed to start your step. Sure. So say, hey, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in a saw cutting operation. My due date is May fifth. Well, today's April whatever. And I have a month. You don't have a month. You have to cut it. And the lathe guy has to make it. And then it has to get inspected. Then it has to go to coating. Then it has to come back. Then it has to get inspected again. Then it has to get etched. And then it has to go out to the customer. And that person's due date is to ship by then. Sure. So the saw guy doesn't care about when it comes off the lathe. He just needs to go, my part was good. No, he needs to know when he needs to start. And the lathe guy needs to know when he needs to start. Sure, sure. So if you don't. Manage to start dates. Uh, I think that's number one problem in and, scheduling.
1: Yeah, I see this. Uh, you have to send stuff out for third party. Inspection. Uh, inspection. Or in the org, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, outside processes. Yep. And
0: um, those can be wild cards, too. So you have to build that in, right? Well, you got to take the wild card out of it. So I had a very wise man once tell me, he said, Murphy only comes in the doors that you leave open. Um and so, what you do is you call the suppliers and say, okay, I have a 5-piece slot, I have a 50-piece slot, I have a 100-piece slot, and I have a 5,000-piece slot. I want to know your lead times. And your lead time is this. Okay, so you go back in your scheduling system and you build a queue time. Well, that's their lead time, but how long is it going to take to ship it? Now, UPS says it takes three days to get there, and it takes three days to get back, or it takes one day and one day. So, you plan the three days out, you plan the three days in, you plan the two weeks there. So, now... I know I have a three-week lead time on that part, so I build that into the system. Otherwise, the system's going to think it goes out one day and it comes back the next. Sure, sure. So if you don't have, and you might be two and a half weeks late and totally set yourself back. So once you have those cute, that's why Q times are so critical, not just between operations because it goes through inspection on shelves, whatever, but the shipping of that product and the, the secondary operations, it just takes a phone call and planning, and people just don't take time to do that.
1: Yeah, you, know, it's, it's a, you just have to settle into a discipline. And um, if, if it's difficult if you don't have the discipline to all of a sudden, right, you know, assume that discipline. But.
0: And uh, there's a lot of paths that are not necessarily just linear. A lot of scheduling is linear um, as far as how many steps this product has to go through. Some people do uh, single-piece flow, which you can go through all the machining operations in one shot. So you pass part-to-part-to-part, machine-to-machine-to-machine. To machine. Sometimes people call them snaking them through an operation. But your line clearance has to be so good. What's line clearance? You need to make sure when you're done with that part number, that job, you clean everything out of that line and make sure that there's nothing there so there's no commingling of this part number to the next part number. So single-piece flow works great if you're making a million parts or thousands of parts. Works great but it's very, it's not recommended if you make 50 pieces because if you run single piece flow in 50 pieces, it, you do have opportunity for line clearance issues. So for what that, for what that matters. But uh, oftentimes you got to schedule and you got to know if you can run two operations at once or not. And, you can, and it's very wise to look at that because you could speed up your lead times, but um, got to be kind of on the ball there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of information. And so last thing, go ahead and ask your question. Go ahead. Now, now
1: it's PDCA. What do you think?
0: Plan, do, check, act. So a schedule is a plan. Execution is due. Walking around the shop floor or checking in with your staff or checking in with your crews is checked. Check. And then you have to act. You have to adjust, right? Um, Got to increase your queue times. Uh, sometimes things slip and you have to adjust the schedule. Sometimes in the construction environment, one job slip and you have to adjust like a week or two worth of stuff. Not so true. it's huge. So queue times, I can't express how important queue times are. Um, but it's something you have to do daily. It's something you have to do weekly and something you have to do monthly. Um, plan, do, check, act is so critical for a healthy schedule. If you don't plan, do, check, act in the schedule, scheduling just doesn't happen accurately.
1: And it is that feedback loop that PDCA represents mm-hmm. that causes people not to want to do it, right? Because they they go, I don't want to plan because if I plan, I mean, the plan is only good for like three hours because things change. Well, what are you changing? I mean, if you don't know where you're headed in the first place, how do you change? And so
0: that's what the PDCA helps us do, right? It's uh, typically the people that like scheduling are analytical people. Mm-hmm. Um, typically that personality is a bit quiet um sanguine is it right uh, more of a yeah, yeah. more of a melancholy or sanguine kind of personality kind of an sc if you will in the DISC or a c s um and sometimes their the personality isn't always the life of the party they have flashes of dry humor and and uh but they're so valuable uh, those kind of people are very valuable and Sometimes managers look at the, those guys and say, I don't want those guys walking the shop floor and rubbing everybody wrong. Um, I'm kind of a happy guy most of the time. And I worked with a scheduler that was extremely analytical. and people, he rubbed people wrong. Not really. He didn't really mean to.
1: Yeah, but people also, you know, like know the personality type, right?
0: Right, right. So... I mean, I just got to know the person and oftentimes those people have really good, really good ideas and they're a wealth of knowledge. And so I partnered up with a guy and, uh, and his name was Dave and, and, uh, and he did rub some people the wrong way. But, you know, we accomplished so much together because I would lean into him and he would lean into me and we had a great, we had a PDCA relationship Mm -hmm. and it worked so well that our on time delivery was in the high nineties, if not a hundred percent some months. And that's that that man, you can reflect that in your quote price, right? Yeah, we gave them we gave them delivery and we gave them quality and and we got to keep price and our margins were very solid. Absolutely. I mean our profits were great and that company wound up selling for a phenomenal multiple. So sure, sure. Yeah, a a good schedule makes your company worth more. Absolutely. So okay. So really that's need a system, need to be tied to operations, the schedule needs to be tied to operations at the hip. Um, Execution needs to be relentless and PDCA, PDCA, PDCA. So if you want to run a shop and you want to have on-time delivery, and why is on-time delivery so important? Because customer service is really important. Why in the world is customer service important? Because without customers, you don't have any work. Without any work, you can't make a profit. And profit is where it's at. That's how you take care of your family. And uh, honestly, at the end of the day, Mike, employees really want to know they did a good job. And this is another function of letting your employees know that they're doing a great job. They're doing making good parts on time. And they can go home knowing they did a good job and rest easy and enjoy their family. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. Systems Do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.